the novelization of Rise of Skywalker. You going to read it? Yeah, I'm going to read it because okay. I read an article and they spoiled something. I'm like, uh, yeah, that can't I've, possibly be true. I've read some stuff as well. Yeah. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. But a lot of the movie didn't make any sense. So, yeah. Um, and I, I saw on Twitter, too, that a bunch of people were like, you should not go after Ray Carson. Nobody goes after Ray Carson. And Is that the person writing the novelization? Yeah, she's mm. she's the one that wrote the novelization. Um, she's done some other things related to um, Star Wars, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to find them immediately as we're searching this. Okay. Nope, yeah, she hasn't. I, she's she's done. Um, she did a book about Canto Bite, and she did the most wanted book, um, okay, which the, is solo. The, the solo book. So I've never read anything she has, but I'm sure she's fine. Yeah, um, I remember when they announced that she was writing a novelization back when I still checked our Twitter account, uh-huh. um, that people were excited that a, a female writer would be writing it. So hopefully that enthusiasm will be maintained. I'm not sure where to, what the venue is to go into my developing hot takes on episode nine as I'm reading this visual guide. Because on the one hand, I feel like there's a potential that we have a, a follow-up episode on episode nine. On the other hand, I don't mm-hmm. know when that would be. And I oh, don't it's, want it's my our... takes to be cold. Yeah, I mean... That's the problem with Project Luminous is also we just have so much material, which is something that we were not we did not have mm-hmm. <laughs> last year where we were so excited for Celebration, not because we were actually going to it, but because, but because, sweet, because, sweet content. <laughs> <laughs> because I think we had like, what, seven weeks of material. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. Yeah. Real yeah. Good. We, like and and I mean, sure, we'll still do that when we go to um, Celebration in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. But we have so I mean, there's just so, so much material. Well, yeah, I mean, we're going to yeah, we're yeah. Gonna be we got 10 more episodes of Clone Wars after this. And um, we have a hundredth episode coming up. I have an idea. Look, <laughs> I had this dream last night. That was like a weekend concert. Like I went to go see the weekend. It was at um, a theater, but like a small theater. And the weekend was wearing a ski mask, and I was oh. sitting in one of the further back seats. And then the weekend and his ski mask <laughs> came ambling up the seats, uh-huh. like, like on all fours, like running up the seats at me. And he pulled my jacket over my head <laughs> and started um, biting my hair. Um, it's pretty wild. That actually makes a lot more sense for what I originally thought you were talking about, which is I thought you were just abbreviating Vampire Weekend. No. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I guess Vampire Weekend would do that. I mean, there's vampire in the name, but yeah, there you go. you're talking about weekend, like yeah. Saturday, of Sunday, Uncut Gems. No. Uncut Gems. The singer, the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Sans E. He plays um, primarily on those two days, and he's really into them enough for his name. So. Yeah. That's horrifying, but yeah, dreams also also tell us a little bit about what we are feeling and what we right. are desiring. And several so times this week, I pulled like, up Ticketmaster master to look at tickets for a weekend show, but I couldn't talk myself into buying them. So speaking of dreams and fears and nightmares, mm-hmm. I so I moved apartments. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know Tano heads if you realize this because we've this is our third episode. Um, but last last weekend, I was just away in um, meditation 
because remember, we're swole boys, we're huge boys, and you have to prepare the mind as well. And I was in this basilica, and we were recording. Um, the other yogis were very, very kind to allow me to record the episode. But this new place I'm living now is a block away from like a um, a big um, venue in Baltimore, and what there's. Uh, it's called it's called Auto Bar. It's like a hipster venue. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I've never been Auto Bar. Um, yeah, it, it, and there's this bar. there's this band that's playing in May called The Residents, mm-hmm. and The Residents are this band you never see their faces. They all wear eyeball masks, and they play the music of nightmares and dream eaters. And oh, when cool. I was a kid, one of my close friends loved this band. Played this song called Constantinople, where um, it honestly looked like they went to an uh, insane asylum and just took a bunch of drawings, and then they made it into a music video. And I'm a person that if somebody tries to scare me, I punch them. And Hmm. I am debating whether or not I should face my fears and walk into the literal nightmare of my childhood that is going to be two blocks from where I live. In uh, a couple of months. Curious. Curious. I mean, it's it's really like I'm Echo in this situation. Oh, boy. Sans torture. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it seems like there's a lot going on. Yeah, I think uh, we've, we've sufficiently vamped. So, <laughs> season um, what seven. Was your tra- what was your transition again? Oh, wait. I hear, I hear something in, in the distance. Oh, Is that an boy. Echo? Echo, <laughs> echo, 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 echo. Boys, episode two, a distant echo. Yeah. Uh, your, so, your first transition was a lot better. Yeah, you know, say la vie. Um, I watched this episode on Friday. I didn't, I really thought I would get up at five in the morning and watch it before I went to work, and my alarm went off at five, and I was like, no. Um, I actually but, watched you know, this episode uh, late on Saturday night. I, uh, okay. Yeah, I had just come back from the gym. Um, I was in upper state New York in a, doing a workout routine and mm. I had just, um, thrown myself into the, um, freezing cold water to kind of do this, like freeze your muscles thing because you pumped too much iron. And then I got out and I watched the episode. Tight, tight. Yeah. I watched it when I got home from work on Friday and then today I went back and I watched the season three arc, The Citadel. Oh, um, yeah. That, which ties man, I directly have done into that. this. Yeah, I should have done that. Yeah, it's three episodes. It was it's in a good, season It's three. good. I mean, even Peel is like it one is. of the worst Jedi in the whole series. Especially, especially given that if you were to believe the narrator in Clone Wars, it is pronounced Evan. And here's the other thing, too, about Evan. Evan. Is that okay. this is the reason that the U.S. military... You oh, don't gosh. see cadets that are in their 60s because even <laughs> Peel had no right because he's not Yoda, right? This isn't, you know, 800 years old. He's able to do a bunch of stuff. This is even Peel, who is a dweeb and he can't he doesn't even have both of his eyes. And he just oh, is gosh. also like his buddy, like his only friend is Tarkin, oh, who gosh. also is a dweeb. All right. Tarkin is actually like chief of the dweebs. Yeah, so it's like almost actually more to follow. Yeah, so even Peel is canceled. 
Um, it actually ends what? up happening. It actually ends up happening in the episode. <laughs> it does. Uh, we should real quick just to keep not getting to the point. Um, I think I actually ended up plugging in a spoiler warning to the beginning of last week's episode. I think just up front here, we should just say like we're gonna, for the ease of discussion. I think we need to just operate under the assumption that if you're listening beyond this into our discussion, um, you've watched all of Clone Wars up to this point. It's also probably a safe bet that we might hit on some stuff from Rebels. Um, so let's just get that out of the open now. No guarantee that there will be spoilers, but I don't know where the discussion is going to go. And I want to be able to move kind of freely. So I'll try and remind folks of that before we get into this week to week. But we're just going to kind of talk... Um, about this in the context of the entire breadth of Star Wars animation mm-hmm. up to this point. Tarkin's dweeb, um, Evan Peel. Evan, dweeb. Evan Peel, yeah, with his other Jedi buddies, Brandon and Connor. Um, <laughs> what, a, what a terrible name. <laughs> yeah, so Evan Peel is the chief argument I have for my weariness of the canon... Um, or the canonical value of, of some books and video games and comic mm-hmm. books and the sheer dearth of expanded universe content we're getting with all these books and comics and stuff. Evan Peel died in the books in the old continuity uh, in the book series, I think, or You just have to disregard Coruscant that stuff. Nights. Right. Yeah. Because but at the time, that was continuity. And then during Clone Wars, um, Dave Filoni turned to George uh-huh. Lucas and said, hey, can Evan Peel be alive? And George said, yeah, sure, what the heck. And I mean, I'm, I'm glad they did. The, the story was well served, but we haven't gotten to that point just yet. But inevitably, there will come a time where um, the story demands or the story potential mm-hmm. of a, for lack of a better word, more lucrative media of storytelling, be it animation or live action, uh-huh. will ultimately trump something that was done in a book or a comic and that will, that you know, the, well, we've, we've uh, the status of those things is, is fragile. Well, we've talked about this a couple of times about how there was a legends book, which was the book that explained what Obi-Wan and Anakin were doing leading up to episode two. Mm-hmm. And it placed Luminara and Barris and it put Barris and Anakin at the same age. Right. And it was like them, Luminara and Barris are on the same page. Maybe they have a little bit of problems, but they're trying to fix like a dispute. And that was like one of the reasons I liked Luminara so much. But mm. then, you know, Luminara's fine. Um, I mean, she is like a scolding mother to yeah, Ahsoka a little she's not bit. Like your coolest teacher. That's and for sure. Barris is like a psycho friend <laughs> that, yeah. um, like. Uh, you can see the signs of like killing like small creatures early on and probably should not be trusted. But Mm -hmm. then it goes completely against what this one book wrote of these two characters that were literally shown for five seconds, Mm -hmm. 15 seconds total of both movies. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll be seeing this of, people writing although i guess maybe not with well we i mean we have no idea what the new tv series is which um they've been you know i'm sure they're already voice doing voice acting for it and um developing it as we speak but yeah so when i don't know just you know have appeal 
the uh, the patron saint of um, deceased continuities. Um, so my my quick takeaways from that Citadel arc that I watched going into this, the Citadel arc is an arc where Evan Peel, Jedi Master, is captured and brought to a super intense supermax prison mm-hmm. to be tortured for information along with his men to include Captain Tarkin, uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka and Rex mm-hmm. and Fives and Echo and some other troopers going on a rescue mission to that uh, Citadel. In the process, Echo is presumed dead, which directly leads into into this episode. Now, he's he... running to get to a shuttle and there's an explosion. Oh, okay. So he doesn't... He's, he's not like... You don't with... see a body. Okay. Of course, it's a kid's show. You, right. So you, you don't, don't see a body, but he's just kind of... Yeah, there's an explosion. He's sort of flung away. Everybody has to run away very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, though, Echo has a very, very little to do in these episodes. He doesn't have a very big presence in this episode, nor does his death. Um, really impact which is people? Sort of, I mean, it's... It's not, yeah, they don't really play it all that heavily. You know, it's not, it, well, there it is the end of the episode. There aren't many episodes of. where it's clone-focused and then they focus on somebody that isn't Rex or Cody. Yeah. Because there's yeah, there's Fives, there's Heavy, there's Echo. Mm-hmm. But I really couldn't tell you what happens to any of them. Those are, just, like, if you were to just let me have you list off a bunch of names, I can say those three relatively easily, but I can't tell you what one did over the other um, yeah. of those. I mean, sure. I'm sure you've seen the episode uh, multiple times can tell me, but yeah. So it, um, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's cool that he has a, a larger spot in this, but it is, it is interesting. that like, there is no sort of choreographing that death to be of anything significant. Um, but it's also, I mean, very believable that he's not dead. Uh, second takeaway, the villain of that, O.C. Sobek, is a creepy guy with a Christopher Walken kind of voice. Um, okay. I hate him more than I hate Trench. I'll give him that. <laughs> I, I hate him I more remember. than I hate Trench. So what was that, what was the episode called? The first episode was just the called Cita- the, Citadel. the Citadel. second one's called, like, Breakout, and the third one, I think, is Citadel Rescue. It's, uh, the latter chunk of season three. Okay, I'm gonna look him, I'm gonna look uh, up this character. But, I uh, keep going. He's, he is... Of a kind with Moralo Evol. Oh, the, the Nogri? I, maybe. Oh, no, no, no. The Nogri are from Rebels, and then they're from Legends. Okay, And then yeah. that that species, I assume, is different. Yeah, they suck. Um, I can only think of two, Moralo Evol and Ham, and they both suck. The funny thing um, is, when you look up the Citadel... Um, on Google, it says, where did Plo Koon die? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's one of the top questions on Google with that. Huh. Um, yeah, so those are my two, two of my hot takes there. Uh, I've got some more I, I gleaned from that episode that I'll bring up as we discuss this episode. Hmm. Um, it's 20 minutes into the episode, so you know well, it's time, two, baby. Well, two, two things bef- oh. before you get into that. <laughs> Okay. One is, do we still have the the narrator in these episodes or no? Yes. Okay, so we still have Tom Kane narrating. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't talk about this the first episode, but they have, um, you know, our uh, quote is at the beginning of this. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and here, I, about, I, I, know, have it, I have utilizing it Utilizing differences. Yeah. Um, n- sure. Um, 
the search for the truth, the search for truth begins with belief. Oh, I thought you were talking about the last week's one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. So there, in these intros, though, we do still have the narrator this week and last Civil week. Civil War! Civil War! Conspiracy! They <laughs> started doing, like, fades. Oh, I'm going to sneeze. What's the protocol for this? Oh, God. Wait. Okay, I'm good. Uh, edit, edit, they started edit. doing, like, fades. Like, instead of wipes, you know, Star Wars, traditionally, when scenes transition, it, it wipes. But they start doing fades of one image into another. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really sticks out to me. I don't know. It bugs me. It looks weird. They don't do it during the episode, but during the the intros, both of the past two episodes, they've done a weird fade to, to trench. Mm-hmm. It's just dumb spider face vaguely fading into view over whatever is going on. And they did a bunch in this last one. It just feels feels strange. I mean, it's just the intro, but I can't help but notice it. It gives me memories of having, like, a plasma TV with an image burned into it or something. It's weird. It's very weird. Uh, I don't I don't care for it. Small complaint. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't care for it. Uh, and I'll go ahead and, I noted, and cross and that one I, off of my list. I didn't like it. Oh, what's the, yeah. what's the um, Clone Force 99 comments what the when they when they say the 99 and they're like nice what in this episode yeah i don't know i don't know what you're talking about okay they they say some number and then rex is like oh that's a nice number what um maybe it was in the last one but anyway continue (laughs) oh there i think that was I think that was last week. They do they call him Clone Force 99 first, and then they say they're called Bad Batch, but I don't remember Rex uh, having some weird fixation on that number. Um, let me think. So I just rewatched this episode, though. Yeah, I, I rewatched this episode right before we got on the phone, so it's it's uh, fairly fresh on my mind. Similar to last week, it freaking ruled. Um, I'm loving this arc. I love this show. <laughs> and I'm having a great time. It's great. It's great and fun. And I like it, and I'm having great and a fun time. There's a butt coming. And I'm happy there's when I watch coming. it. No, really? I mean, but there's fades okay. in the intro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ha- I'm happy. Everything's going well in my life. I have nothing to complain about. Um, However, no, I I I really like it, and I <laughs> Clone Wars is. It, it's interesting because it. Reminds me, I guess it's particularly easy to take note of with Star Wars, in which there are so many stories told through so many different mediums. Um, But I just also, I think that for all of us Mm -hmm. that are particularly passionate about any certain story or, or fictional universe, there's a sort of a hierarchy or there's a level for me at which certain stories reach where I, I truly hang on every word. Yeah. And I, the storytellers have earned such trust in in me and in my viewership or my readership that I genuinely take stock in every word. And so everything that's said is heavier and more impactful. And I really think about it. Like literally in, in this episode, when Anakin says do or die, I think about that. <laughs> and I think about him having that sentiment. Um, and vice, like if I'm watching... Everybody loves Raymond, oh which is gosh. also something I love. But when Ray Barone goes, ah, do or die, like I, you know, I laugh with everyone else. But that's it. Um, but this, and it's it's a it's a sort of reverence for storytelling mm-hmm. that 
I think certain certain stories have earned with me, and and you know, I'm sure with a lot of different people, it's a lot of different types of stories. So, I think we all have those stories we hold closest. Um, but they're they're they continue to earn that reverence in my eyes. Uh, whereas, like, I am a perfect example. Maybe something like Rise of Skywalker. Next time I watch that, I don't know that I'm going to feel the need to hang on every word. I don't know mm-hmm. that I feel that it's necessarily worth my uh, intellectual and emotional investment in everything. Um, and I mean, it's which is it doesn't even it's not even necessarily a sign of whether or not you like or dislike something. Mm-hmm. There there are plenty of things I like a lot that I am not necessarily hanging on every word of, but I'm just well, a weirdo for th- this show. I think I think what you're trying to get to is or at least how I'm interpreting it is there's shows that you can watch over and over again. And then there's shows where you'll see it once and you're like, I've had enough of that. Like, it's not that it's necessarily bad. It's just, there's no reason to devote any more mental effort into thinking about it, doing a deep dive in it. Like it's an enjoyable product, but it's not something that you're going back to and attaching like uh, value to yourself mm-hmm. with yeah and i mean I'm, I'm a regular repeat viewer i will i will watch a lot of things multiple times but it when i don't do that when rex says things when obi-wan has a one-off comment about uh say hi to padme you know tell padme i said hello mm-hmm. like when those when those comments are made can we talk about that for a in second my mind, yeah, can we let me yeah, this yeah, yeah. and then we'll get to that? Because I have some stuff on that as well. Um, when when comments like that are made, unlike when I'm watching even Marvel movies, which I love a lot, it doesn't necessarily have this effect, but I, I feel those words reverberate through my own um, kind of mental encapsulation of that entire story. Like my my understanding of the entire Star Wars saga, and I, I hear and I feel those words move out and, and have implications on past and, and future events within that same story. It's pretty cool. I like this show. Well, let's talk Obi Wan. <laughs> In conclusion, I like this show. <laughs> um, New T-shirt. That might, that might be the first part of um, the episode description. <laughs> hey, Tano heads. Um. Josh really likes this show. I don't know if you can tell. Um, I so I was. Equ- I, you know, teach um, high school students and mm-hmm. I was equating what Anakin was doing to like a kid that's a spotter oh and like is spotting mm-hmm. for a teacher because his friend is doing something that like is um, pig headed or dumb. And mm-hmm. um, it also reminded me of they were trying to make Clone Wars seem like a way camp. <laughs> where like <laughs> kids are trying to do stuff that they shouldn't be. And Obi-Wan is literally like a camp counselor. Yes. <laughs> um, and I loved that depiction of him. Yeah. Like when he shows up, it could, you could hear the audience applause and laugh track. Well, not only that, but it like, it felt like uncle Phil showing up while Carlton and Will Smith are up to no good. Um, Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For some reason, I, I equated Carlton with Urkel, and I'm like, that is not even remotely the right show. Um, fan but, fiction. But, fan fiction. <laughs> oh, no. Fan fiction. That's a trigger word for me. We're not. 
<laughs> you're, you're not getting into fan fiction unless somebody sends an email. Obviously, then you know we have. Obviously. Yeah, we're obligated to do. Last time I checked our email, we didn't even have anything in our spam folder. <laughs> I do well because uh, after 30 days they empty it. <laughs> Poetspodcast at gmail.com. I like this show. That's Um, those are the hard those are the hot takes that you come before um, Mm -hmm. to listen to Tano heads and Tano boys and Po boys. Um, These deep. I love seeing Obi Wan though. I was surprised. Yeah, I didn't. I definitely like. You know that the episode is going to be them trying to find Echo, but the showing Anakin and. They're trying to hint a little bit at some animosity between Anakin and Obi Wan, which like. Do you think? Yeah, yeah. We're uh, like open animosity or interesting. Which I think because I, I mean he definitely gives him a look that is he doesn't look over his shoulder happily at Obi Wan. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean they have a part of this is to also explain the you know like if you went from episode season six of Clone Wars to episode three the Obi-Anakin split doesn't make as much sense. So one of the goals of season seven has to be like hurting and getting into the mental state to prepare you for the Hayden Christensen portrayal of Anakin. That's fair. That's that's interesting that you say that you read animosity into it though. I didn't quite pick that up. Well, that's up, just but, that's just kind of. I mean, it's obviously when I was when I was thinking. I'm when I think of these episodes, I also think of them in the broader episode three. Like, what does this kind of bring to right. it? So right, yeah. Um, it's interesting that you say that. I want to talk about Padme, but before that, we, there's some other good points to be made She's on. Clearly this pregnant. Subject. He has no idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think he knows what pregnancy is. <laughs> Um, pregnant? So he, there's a, there's a birthday boy sketch I'll point you to. Okay. You personally, not the listeners. Yeah. This is a safer work podcast. Um, Obi Wan's comment, say hi to, to Padme for me, and it it echoes in my mind again. Talking about Clone Wars as a whole here, mm-hmm. we've seen all these episodes. When Ahsoka leaves the Jedi Order, uh-huh. and Anakin Anakin begs her to stay and says, "I have my doubts too," and she. Again, talking about just the weight of the words in this show, she says, I know. And the implications of that and the things that she clearly understands, and I suspect she knows about Anakin and Padme, and it's clear that Obi-Wan and knows Rex. about uh, Anakin and Padme. Yeah, and, and, and Rex. And Anakin clearly knows Rex is having issues. And there's so many, there's so many known um, emotional issues and things that are mm-hmm. never spoken and I think largely because of the, you know, the sentiments of the Jedi Order and the dogma of the Jedi Order at this point. Um, and it's just like, I can't help but wonder, like, what would the conversation look like had Anakin and Obi-Wan gotten to sit down and actually get into Anakin's attachment to Padme, knowing that Obi-Wan has communicated to Anakin, yeah, I had, I, me and Satine were, were a thing. They didn't get into it super deeply, but... I mean, the he, emotional intelligence of these characters empathically to pick up on what each other is feeling is so high. And their emotional intelligence in terms of their willingness to communicate their own emotions is so low, which is also like a flaw of why, it, you know, the order ends of, mm-hmm, you know, exactly. recognizing that people are having those issues. But your issue isn't to talk through that. It's to mm-hmm. put, 
push it in, put like give it, well, no, give it away. It's more of like a nihilistic approach of like, it means nothing and only no attachment. Yeah. yeah. To feel this is bad, which to me tied in to echoes presumed death and how quickly it's sort of brushed aside in this Citadel arc that I watched. And I, the, the clones by and large and their deaths and their very many deaths to mm-hmm. me, have over this last viewing really become symbolic of the the Jedi's perversion of this no attachments mentality. And I mm-hmm. feel like with every belief, yeah, there is a reasonable side to it and a real world, real practical application of that belief. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the decades, centuries, millennia down the line looking at the words, taking them literally, not necessarily enjoying them in context. And, and, and there's the dogmatic version of it. Cause you talk about no attachments and the reasonable version of that for a Jedi is, is selflessness. Like, right. Be, be selfless. Don't attach yourself to this world. Don't attach, you know, be ready to sacrifice. Which, and they're also supposed um, to, have to have attachments to begin with, which is why, right. you know, they're taken so young and one of the flaws mm-hmm. of why Anakin was chosen. Right. But then you get, you know, no attachments also means it's fine if all these clones die. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it, which seems very un Jedi. And and I, you know, I think I think you can't you can't be selfless without attachment. You can't be selfless with nothing to lose, perhaps. Um, and so I yeah, a lot of a lot of. um Implicating the uh, the kind of outdated dogma of the Jedi Order and the the kind of stagnating philosophy um, with you know the death of all these clones of seeing the Citadel mm-hmm. and with all this clear emotional turmoil that these characters are going through but don't have a venue to to talk mm-hmm. about it despite it being an open secret. So many of the closest people in Anakin's life know about this huge part of his life, but none of them are going to talk about it. It will never come up. Um, I'm also curious yeah. if that's also just due to the distance that's connected. Like, they're in that REM. Ahsoka's gone. Mm-hmm. So in Obi-Wan's yeah. take, you know, it's probably like, look at all these things that are happening to him. I'm not going to push him further for that. Yeah, I mean, it very well could be. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, I, I think it's pretty clear that Obi-Wan means him no ill will in not bringing these things up. I mean, I don't think anyone here is, is being outwardly villainous no, no. by not addressing the issues anyone else is having. Though, side note, oh, gosh, let's talk Legends right quick. My understanding is that there's a villain in Legends who get, becomes Darth Krayt who's like a very future, future Sith Lord, but is like a Tusken Raider. Jedi? Yeah, I'm I'm fully aware of all of that. Do you want me to explain it? Okay, oh. and he and he during the Clone Wars he finds out that Anakin slaughtered a village of Tusken Raiders no. and he doesn't tell anyone. No, 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 no. So he um Ashrod Het. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So name. he survives Order 66, goes back and hides with the Tusken Raiders. Nobody's like searching for him or anything. That's where he learns what Anakin did. Then he runs into Obi-Wan and he's like, I demand to kill Luke because of what Anakin did. And then Obi-Wan's like, oh, by the way, I'm a main character. So he just cuts off his arm 
and then the Tuscan Raiders um, disown him, and then he turns to the dark side from that, and then he becomes Darth Kraid. Yeah. So um, he's in in that legend series um, doesn't know about what Anakin did that early on. It's way after Order sixty six. Uh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because I was thinking in terms of uh, active villainy and stifling emotional conflict, that would be a good example. But as I was wrong, um, don't worry. I'm 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 one of fifteen people that's read that book now. (laughs) Excellent, excellent. (laughs) Yeah, just a lot of that. I mean, speaking of like, oh, how does Order sixty six happen? How does this big fallout happen? How do they fail so bad in Episode Mm -hmm. three? It's it's little things like this that really flesh it out. Uh, during his conversation with Padme, they do drop the Outer Rim sieges, which is what Anakin is returning from um, at the beginning of Episode 3. So, I mean, we're, we're really in the endgame now. We're at the, you know, the final stretch. Um, it was weirdly, not weirdly, but it was good to see Padme again. Um, I've done a lot of growing up as a person since I started watching Clone Wars, and I've done a lot of re-watching Phantom mm-hmm. Menace. Since I started watching Clone Wars and I've really come to appreciate her character and sort of really mourn that her character came to being in 1999 (laughs) instead of 2015. I mean, Natalie Portman's such a good actress Mm. and particularly in Phantom Menace, Queen Amidala is a great character and arguably is the protagonist and the primary mover and shaker of that film and, you know, was really poised to to be another Leia and to be a really strong leader. And then, you know, she's, she's really just slowly, but surely sidelined over the course of those prequels. And, you know, during Clone Wars, I, you know, I didn't really watch, want to watch a freaking Padme episode. It was one was like a murder mystery with Bail Organa and like some. Oh, weird and there's that one where SNL character. Well, there's Spectre. that one where, where he, it's like his her ex boyfriend and Anakin is like rush. Yeah, wants to like murder him and yeah, yeah that. Yeah, well, I mean they um, they did do the trend of just putting her in terrible situations that nobody wanted to watch. Yeah. Like, oh, what yeah, if there's an ex-boyfriend? Like, Wouldn't Anakin be mad? Uh, yeah, he has the emotional uh, intelligence of a, a potato. So, like, <laughs> obviously. A chosen potato. The chosen yeah, potato. Was, I, in this brief snippet with her, uh, which is far from character-defining or, you know, the, the spotlight that the character deserves, but you do kind of... It, it, again, made me um, sad for what could have been, but it also reminded me of what I like most about that character, which is sort of her civic idealism mm-hmm. and her, her sense of responsibility and desire to, to be involved and to find a solution. I weirdly find myself, and I haven't gone back to them yet, but there are two episodes, I think in season two, one was called Heroes on Both Sides. Uh, I don't remember the name of the mm-hmm. other one, but... When they aired, I was like, these are so dumb. I hate, why would they make these? But there are episodes where Padme meets with Lux Bonteri's mom, someone Bonteri, a separatist senator. And the two of them have discourse about that. And again, when those episodes are, I was like, what is this? Give me Cad Bane or get out of here. But now I'm like, oh, I'm very interested in that. I wonder what they said. I need to go back and watch that. Now, is that the equivalent of like... Um, 
I don't know, like Elizabeth Warren meeting John Kasich for like coffee. Sure. And that failed. Okay. (laughs) 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 We're not talking politics today. We're not talking politics. Hey, you know, do what you want. (laughs) Um, but well, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, it was it was good to see Padme. I I liked that scene a lot. Um, I thought it fit in really nicely. And then I of course loved the you know the grand return of Obi Wan shortly thereafter, mm-hmm. and that whole little quick exchange with Anakin. And then of course we get back to Bad Batch, baby. After last week's episode, um, I was I was phoned in. To a conference call with the uh, the writers' room there at, at Clone Wars, and they said, "Hey, you know, you were making comments about, you know, how um, derivative the character names for for Bad Batch are, but I bet you couldn't come up with names that are even more derivative, you dumb punk." And I said, "Guys, please don't be so hostile. I understand what you're going for with the tropes of these characters, and I understand that sometimes leaning into familiar tropes can be fun and exciting, and I genuinely think that that's the case with these characters, and I find it funny that their names are so." so on the nose and I enjoy it. And I, I like that you're, you're doing, you're leaning into tropes, but you're doing it well. You're doing it, uh, with, with a lot of class. I'm not trying to call you out. And they're like, whatever, do it, do it. We dare you. you. We dare you come up with more on the nose names for wrecker tech crosshair and hunter. I dare you. Um, so I did. Um, I think wrecker, you just go ahead and call him big guy. He's a big guy. You got you got tech, a little on the nose. Go ahead, call him Dork Alert. <laughs> okay. Look, if we're being on the nose here, just go on ahead. Why don't you call him Dork Alert? Four eyes, crosshair. You little psycho. We're gonna call him Bullet Gunman. What the heck? Why not? Uh, and you got your Hunter guy. Mm, how about Chief Alpha Bandana Knife? Oh, I like Bear Grills. Thank you kindly. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That'd be good. Um. Bad Batch really continues to lean into these kind of action movie well, character it's, tropes. It's like it's the, ex- it's like the Expendables, it. except they're not 60 years old and on their last legs. Yeah. They're just yeah. enhancements that also don't report to anybody, which was a weird little comment. I wrote that comment down as yeah. well. He says something along the lines of couldn't tell you or something like that, or I don't have an answer for that. So... That could mean that he does know and he's not telling them. Or it could mean that they don't know and they get weird orders from a Charlie's Angels-esque voice. Um, That comment was interesting to me as well. I hesitate to go too far into it because I suspect perhaps the answer is out there from folks who have seen those story reels. But I don't know. We're not going to talk about the story reels. We'll... As they come, as no, as no. the episodes roll out, you know, I'm sure we'll get more information about it. Yeah, but I found that that question very interesting, and now I, I do. It does feel like, oh, that'll probably because at the end of by the end of this episode, I'm wondering, well, this is a four episode mm-hmm. arc, I think. So where does it go from here? And that that kind of dangling question of who does Bad Batch answer to seems like a well, there's going to be a lunch between Trench and Wat Tambor where they're going to talk about. Oh, security good. protocols and also those weird droids. Oh, but Pete, will they talk about uh, corporate neutrality? 
I that is one thing because I was very bummed that that conversation didn't continue. Neutrality is one of those things that I people talk about it, but I literally do not have a qualified opinion on it one way or another, which is just this gap in my like knowledge, and I feel very very dumb when people talk about it because I'm like I really don't know. I haven't put any effort into this. Well, Pete, all you need to know is that the Republic is, of course, not going to attack Watt Tambor because he has corporate immunity or corporate neutrality. What is his company? The Techno Union. Yeah, but what's, what, what, what do I they I know do? this because, I don't know. Who I do. I just asked a question. <laughs> Stop being such a jerk. I'm going to look it up now. Also, he, oh, oh, he's, a, he's um, a Skakoan. In episode two. He's a, he's a foreman. When, oh, when, Armor. Obi-Wan sneaking around, or the you see Count Dooku meeting with the tra- the, the separatist kind of representatives. Watt Tambor is there from the Techno Union, and he goes, The Techno Union! And he has a little knob on his chest that he turns that modulates his voice weirdly. And so I was, of course, very excited to see him turn his little knobs on Watt Tambor. Um, and this is reminiscent of... In the season three finale of Star Wars Rebels, no real spoilers here, but Death Troopers show up. And I, of course, love Death Troopers because they go, <laughs> and I like that noise a lot. And I was like, oh boy, Death Trooper noises. They don't make any noise at all. And then they show up again in season four, and they just talk like regular people. And once you know it, in this episode, Watt Tambor just goes, hello, I'm Watt Tambor, and I don't have a knob, and I don't believe in knobs. Knobs are ridiculous. Their logo is really cool. The Techno Union. That's your well, takeaway. Here's my takeaway: is I've never really realized this about Clone Wars, but we'll in, you know, in the U.S., um, labor unions are very weak, the United States. and um, there is just all of these things that are against them. And I guess George Lucas took that and said, "Let's weaken them more and make them the villains." Who labor unions like the Techno Union? Oh, and gotcha. I don't know why he chose this techno union to be so, so evil. Um, I've never really thought about that of all these. I mean, the separatists were clearly. Is the tech, the techno union a labor yeah, union? Mean, it's, it's a commerce guild. No, it's. Hmm. Uh, but I mean, they're, um, they're, well, they're primarily. All I know is they have corporate neutrality. Yeah. yeah that is, that is a clear part of this. Um. All right, I am not. I'm going to stop with this deep dive of the techno union. That would be great. Bad Batch's ship, pretty cool. E- yeah, it's it's. All I got to say about that, if if I was still, if this episode had aired when the rest of Clone Wars had aired, and I was still in the height of my Lego mania, I would be chomping at the bit for this Lego set. I'll tell you that much. Very cool ship. I will say. Um, Resistance just wrapped up and the thing that that show did best was mm-hmm. ships, which I do think this episode had a cool ship, the Bad Bad ship. But Resistance also just absolutely knocked it out of the park with creatures and mm-hmm. monsters. And I do think to me, Clone Wars and Rebels, their monsters always feel a little bit lacking to me because of the animation style they always feel maybe 
just slightly rounder or softer than they should. I'm not really sure how to express it, but the, um, yeah, the, the, I'll, I'll give resistance that it does creatures much better, much better than Clone Wars and the creatures in here. I mean, they were, they were, they were cool enough, but again, it's just, I don't know. Is the same in, in like rebels with the fear knocks and they stuff. They just seemed There's unnecessary. Just, you know, yeah, I mean, it's new and exciting worlds, but yeah, I, I, mean, I can understand with I the hope creatures and the, for episode and the three, little tribe they meet there. As of right now, it was kind of mm. like they had it so they could bring you, you know, they could bring it, but I didn't really, it didn't really add all that much to what they were talking about in the story at large. It was right. just like, oh, look at this species that you're never going to see in the other movies and it does not make any sense for why it's being introduced. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's something to be said for Star Wars and just the sense of adventure and, and seeing new places and new peoples mm-hmm. and new creatures. And so I'll, I'll give it that. But, yeah, there is... There's a good chunk of this episode, which, again, I did like a lot. Um, I couldn't help but laugh upon a second mm-hmm. viewing of how long the conversation where um, Dork Alert is looking at his little binoculars and they're communicating that he has the capability of translating oh, language that conversation? by making you yeah, see the conversation everything being written out. <laughs> I would love... I mean, I enjoy it, but I, I would love to watch that scene without music. I mean, clearly... Or any kind of sound where it's just straightforward him translating. I think it's pretty... I think it's, it's pretty, pretty clear lengthy. that some storyboard executive, his wife is a translator or her husband's a translator. And they're like, Hey, Hey, my partner's career is really important. Everybody. It's really, it's really, really hard. Let's throw that in there. Let's, we need need to talk about all the hard work that translators do and nerds. So let's, you know what they have? He has one pair of glasses. Let's add another pair onto his helmet. Dork alert. <laughs> <laughs> Dork alert, man. Um, particles, baby. Let me tell you. This animation, all those particles, all that dust, all that wind. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, get, I gotta watch it. I gotta watch it on a good... So good. Like, the, I just watched it on my, like, crappy computer, so I haven't been able to, like, fully mm-hmm. appreciate the extent of it. Oh, boy, oh, boy. These particles. I There's also a similarly... In season five of um, Clone Wars, when Pre Vizsla finds Darth Maul and Savage Opress aboard their uh-huh. uh, ship, which has been all the power is turned off of their ship. And so the ship has gotten very cold and there's like a thin layer of frost over them. I mean, they're particles. They're Those definitely particles, flexing their baby. animation muscles for sure. They're, oh, I mean, they they're showing that are. they've was, like, just because the they haven't been you know see like going with that animation since rebels ended in what 2018 2017 well i guess they stopped producing in 2017 yeah right Um, yeah they have not they've been upping their game they've not just been resting on their laurels no and i going back today i again i watched three episodes from season three of clone wars today and i was i was struck by how well the animation held up but then i watched Uh this episode and i mean it's it's crazy it's so it's so good the animation is fantastic and it's improved upon um the previous seasons by, by leaps and bounds even when those previous seasons don't to me 
jump out as being deficient. Yeah. Dated. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. But they're like just the, the levels of focus between the foreground and background felt, it felt very cinematic. It felt like it was shot with a real camera. It's almost Absolutely like there's fantastic. been a technological advancement in the field. Yeah. But that doesn't add up. <laughs> um, Josh, do you have any concluding comments about this episode? Yeah. They find echo. Yeah. I mean, he's the egg guffin. MacGuffin. Eck Guffin? Mecco MacGuffin. Um, I found it very uh, unsettling when they found Echo. I found yeah, it I very it was, distressing. I thought he was going to die this immediately. Is... Oh, but it also... So yeah, and I... On Netflix, um, I'm afraid for his Altered future. Carbon Season 2 came out, and it definitely reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen it? Oh, interesting. Or no? Yeah, it is... No. Um, no. It... Yeah, it, there's a lot of people that look like that in Alter Carbon, and I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. it was it was dark, it's a dark man. Show sometimes very is very upsetting, and it oh, it's so so freaking dark. Um, yeah, it was I I found it really upsetting, and I got to imagine it's something that's deeply troubling to Rex. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was like very upsetting. I don't know. It really uh, shook me a little bit. Um, and just his eyes kind of darting all over the place when I took him out and his metal appendages mm-hmm. and all that. It, I felt, I felt very bad. And you're supposed to only bad. think about the bad no batch. You're not supposed to think goes. bad about anything else. Right. Right. Um, it was a bummer. So going out on a positive, how about the uh, big guy, one arm shoulder press with a gonk droid? Pretty good. I actually did mocap for that. <laughs> um, let's see what the next episode is titled. Oh, and I have one more note. It's just all caps. Uh, Rex rules. With a Z or an S? It's an S. Um, so the next episode is on the wings of Kira Dex. And oh on the Wikipedia page, it just shows the storyboard animation, which looks awful. So, um, <laughs> there's no, uh, there's no plot synopsis. Um, no synopsis. And the episode after that is titled unfinished business. So, um, you said it, you did mm, say this okay. was a four episode arc. That's and, my understanding. I'm pretty, yeah. Yeah. Cause there's four story. Reels. Yeah. The episode is, Hmm. Okay. They they just haven't updated this on Wikipedia because it's showing 2015 air dates and stuff, so a lot of this is going to mm. be... Oh, here it is. Here it is. Um, after their escape, Anakin and the clones defend a local village. All right, so we're going to see those... Yeah, so we're oh, going to see go. the okay. population of, like, Avatar people, but not that Avatar people. That makes sense. People. They put a lot of... They clearly put a lot of effort into the design and the and the they sound just did a of very those, poor job those villagers. You caring about any of them? <laughs> well, famously, famously small-hearted Pete over here. Heart of gold. <laughs> um, yeah, just a small heart of gold. Uh, this episode ruled. Last episode ruled. Um, I forgot that similar to Mandalorian, Star Wars is not showing us previews at the end of a, a given episode. Though I think just I mean they're gonna release the clip halfway through the week, so like just show me a preview, okay. right? I'm already excited, but whatever. Um, 
great app. Very into it. Very excited for next week. Maybe I'll even get up at five o'clock one of these days. I mean, when we get to that, when we get to the seizure mandalore, I'm I'm gonna be getting up at five in the morning. I'm sure we're gonna be recording this like right three now. days earlier than we normally do because you're gonna be like, we need to talk about this. We need to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'm a busy man. I got a lot going on. Oh man. All right. Well, um, if you want to get a hold of us, pubboyspodcast at gmail at pubboyspodcast on Twitter and Instagram. Goodbye.